This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. Who's going to keep us safe after November 8th? This is the battle for the ballot. It's Anthony Weiner versus Andrew Giuliani. Now, here's your moderator, Greg Kelly. All right. Wow, that's some serious music. The Great Debate. Uh, Kathy Hochul is uh, not here. Standing in, we have Anthony Weiner, the former congressman. Anthony, hello. Welcome. And we also. Thank you for having us. Standing in for Rudy, I'm sorry, standing in for Lee Zeldin <laughs> is, uh, Andrew Giuliani, uh, who ran for governor himself and did a very good job. First time out, beat a, uh, borderline career politician. Welcome to you. <laughs> Greg, thank you very much. I'm very much looking forward to the next. Not just hour, but the next 30-plus hours over here as we see if we can save our state once and for all. Well, all right. So we know uh, the stakes are high. And uh, let's start. Uh, opening uh, comments, opening statement, you get about, uh, let's say, a minute and a half or so. I'm making up these rules as I go along. <laughs> but, um, Andrew Giuliani, go ahead. Make the case. Well, I'll tell you what. Kathy Hochul, in the only debate that she would allow Lee Zeldman to have, uh, asked one, I think, very important question. Why is it important to you? Uh, obviously, she was asking that question with regards to crime, but she also asked, she also said that the data was still out with regards to crime. She said that crime is a Republican conspiracy theory and that Zeldman was just fear-mongering and, dem- and practicing in demagoguery when speaking specifically about crime. Unfortunately, the data is out and it has shown time and time again that crime has gone up, not just in New York City, but all across our state. In Rochester last year, they had the most murders ever in recorded history, and they're on pace to surpass that this year. Same thing in Binghamton. Uh, Kathy Hochul has no answers for not just cashless bail, uh, but has no answers for what she's going to do regarding qualified immunity. She has no answers from a mandate's perspective, what she's going to do with children. And uh, as a matter of fact, the one thing she did say in the debate was she would look at it after the election. Lee Zeldin said very clearly that there will be no mandates ever on children with vaccines. From an economic perspective, we've seen inflation go through the roof. Now, you could say that's a federal issue, but she was standing with the president of the United States yesterday. Uh, All right. That's on to the next. Very strong opening statement. <laughs> now, Anthony Weiner, please. Well, I just want to want to say I want to thank Andrew for uh, for letting me into one of these debates. He he has some experience debating Lee Zeldin. He actually did it a couple of times. I think he prevailed in those debates. Thank you. Look, this is a very difficult time to be an incumbent. We're seeing it all around the country. When seventy one percent of people say the country is going in the wrong direction, it's perfectly reasonable for voters to say. I'm going to take it out on the incumbent. I'm going to take it out on Governor Hochul. I'm going to take it out on my local elected officials. They certainly don't like Joe Biden. It's a midterm election. It's a tough time. But I think that one of the things I want voters, and to the extent that there are people that are still undecided, is to also kind of get a sense for what the values of these candidates are. I think, you know, no one doubts that crime is a big issue. In January, when she gave the state of the state address, Hochul talked about crime. 
when the uh, budget was held up, when it was delayed this year, it was over the issue of crime because she wanted changes to, to the bail law. Now, the bail law, though, has become this boogeyman. We've seen it in all of the TV commercials. I think a lot of listeners don't really understand exactly what it means. There's an ad that's running even on your show, Greg, that talks about someone getting out of jail who then went on to commit a crime, and they say because they were out on bail. No, that person had been released. Bail is for people who have not been convicted of anything. And the only thing about non-cash about non-cash bail that about 20-some-odd states have that I think should be changed. There should be dangerousness standard. And, and Kathy Hochul fought to increase the standards, give judges more jurisdiction. Well, let me jump in because this guy was released when he should not have been released. And it's the overall situation that we're in. It's real. Kathy Hochul seems to be in a state of denial. At least that's what I think, Andrew. I, I, I just want to mention, too, and I know you mentioned the state of the state speech, and I was still running for governor at the time. Uh, she mentioned crime as her seventh or eighth topic there. Uh, it was something that did not seem like an issue that she prioritized. Um, I think it's still an issue that her campaign does not want to talk about, as we've seen time and time again. Uh, she just wants to talk about Trump, and she wants to talk about Lee Zeldin's vote on January 6th, and that's kind of been the complete focus of her campaign. I don't think she's actually given any answers on what she would do from a crime perspective. She see, seems to keep kicking the can down the road. Uh, and for me, it's it's very concerning when you have, I think, a lot of not just Republicans, but independents and even Democrats that are looking and saying, hey, we have a real problem here. And Kathy Hochul does not have a plan. Uh, Lee Zeldin, I think, has laid his plan out, having been on the other side of it for the last 18 months. And it's pretty clear what he Let me hear what that I, I plan is. Because, i got to jump in yeah. for a second. I want to ask you, Anthony Weiner. Well, can I just say You can come back to that, that, but I want to ask you this. Kathy Hochul. Kathy Hochul. A one-term member of Congress. You were in Congress for how long? Ten terms? Fifteen? Seven terms? Not how long? long? Seven terms? Seven and a half? Seven and a half. All right. And, you know, you ran for mayor, very credible campaign for mayor. She – why do you think Andrew Cuomo picked Kathy Hochul to be his lieutenant governor? Gender and regional balance. But let me answer the the, mm-hmm. the, the question about does crime. That, does that bother you that somebody – or is okay. that just politics? Governors pick – Pick regional, I mean, regional candidates, gender candidates. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that had something to do with these elements. He, look, she's the governor now. I'm not crazy about, about the way that she became governor, and no one should be, right? You don't want a governor leaving under a cloud. But all that being said, I mean, she has laid out her plan. She's pumped a bunch of money into the budget for for crime. She's said we're going we're gonna to flood the, the subways with additional officers on overtime. I think there's more that she can do and, and, and should do. But let's take a look at what Lee Zeldin's plan has been, because I've watched the ads a thousand times. You know, one is to say, let's get rid of no cash bail. And he's yet to quote a single statistics where someone who was really his member, it's just a matter of someone, two people commit the exact same crime. One person has $500, they get to go home and sleep. One person doesn't have the $500, spends eight or nine months. Let me, let me just, yeah, let me, let, if crime is up 40% since cashless bail has been implemented. That, that's, that's the statistic. Yeah, but that's called an ad hoc error, propter hoc error. Yes. I, I know you want to say causation sun, is not correlation, yeah. but I think it's very Let him wrap yeah, up on the. Let me just, just do a, a, a quick bit. And by the way, one of the things I dislike about the debates that you and I always participated mm-hmm. in when we were candidates, 30 seconds of this, 30. I'm going to let, let you talk as long as, as you think, yeah. and because I think I want to have a conversation here. But mm-hmm. let's look, talk about what, what I've seen Lee, Lee Zeldin say. Lee Zeldin said, on one hand, get rid of no cash bail. That's a great thing. It's very effective. A lot of people don't understand it, and a lot of people think that's the cause of, of, of crime. Even the NYPD, despite the fact that Mayor Adams wants to change, hasn't pointed to a single statistic that has showed that that's responsible for the rise in our crime. Second thing he says is I want to fire a local – a district attorney here in New York County that was freely elected by voters. And the third thing he says, I want to declare a state of emergency is suspend a whole bunch of laws. 
Well, right now, you say 28% of people are leading in all the polls are concerned about crime. That means 72%, if I'm doing the math right, say other things are. And one of the things people are concerned about is the state of our democracy. And I am someone that believes in smaller government, okay? Smaller government. I, that's, that's the libertarian part of liberal. Right. I know you do, too. Mm-hmm. Someone who votes to overturn the election, votes to throw out an elected DA, says he wants to throw an elected DA, although he doesn't have the, the complete power to do that. He's going to have his investigation and has to present, present evidence. Someone says, I'm going to suspend the laws that are protected in our Constitution. Is someone at a time when we're concerned about overreaching government is not only doing things that are unrealistic, but are doing things that are offensive to our principles here in New York. One of the things you see this, well, you well, see this. Well, hold on a second. Hold on. I, 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 Anthony Weiner is so good at this game. But, but he can make Andrew. He can make this chaotic, ludicrous situation that we're living in the middle of somehow seem like Zeldin. Zeldin is the threat. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. What we are living in right now is a total catastrophe, and Zeldin. I cannot believe Anthony Weiner. Somebody like well, I look. I'm supposed to be moderating. No, yeah. So let, I, let me. I, 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 I want to hear your Anthony, views. I want to hear your views. I got to refer to Andrew, please. Well, I would just say this, right? And we're going to get back to crime because I think it's not just an issue that 28 percent of voters say is the top issue, but I think you look at one of the top three issues, and over 50 percent of voters say it's one of their top couple of issues that they're voting on. But the next most important issue, I would say, that 20 percent of New Yorkers say actually is their top issue is the economy. Now, you said that you believe in smaller government, like I do. Uh, we have a $224 billion budget in the state of New York, and we are leading the country in out-migration that Kathy Hochul ended up signing last year. We're leading, we're lead, we're, people are leaving for Florida, people are leaving for Texas, for Tennessee, places where there is no state income tax, where actually the budget of Florida and Texas is just about the same combined as what New York is. Uh, Kathy Oakle actually has not had a solution, not just for those people that are looking and saying the reality of the crime is a real problem. And I do point it to those statistics. And I say causation is correlation with regards to bail reform. When you're talking about crime being up 40 percent over the last three years, when a criminal that has been signed, because when, it's, well, it's not, no, it's, no, not just, it's not just. It's not just actually the person who was raped on the Upper East Side or the poor woman who was in Buffalo. It's also the message that it sends to cops that they have to be reactive and not proactive. And, that and I think that's what bail reform has done. And that it sends to criminals because criminals are their master opportunists. And when they know that they don't face jail time. For crime, that's not true. You do. You cannot say that, Anthony. They still Weiner. face. Those, none can, of those absolutely. You cannot. Now you say, might be upset about the fact that no, 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 not going Anthony, to prison. That, but none of those laws have been changed. You're wrong about the dangerousness. You can call it not a law. Well, it's part of judges are not allowed to factor in dangerousness. I think you when, acknowledged when setting, that earlier. When setting bail when for setting non, bail. when setting bail for nonviolent offenses. For, sorry, not at all, no, 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 violent offenses. This is how the Axeman, this is how the Axeman was released after six hours. He went on a rampage you know in a McDonald's. He went on a rampage in McDonald's, assaulted a woman. And, you know, you could say, wait a minute, that, is, that, yes, but, that is true. Yes, but that person was not eligible for no cash bail. And there was nothing stopping the 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 judge who eventually did hold them without bail. Look, it is fine to make this. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you're wrong about that. We can have, Greg, Greg. No, 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 no. Anthony, let's go to a break. Let's go to a break. I got to straighten this out right now because, Anthony, I'm sorry, both of you here, all right? This is my show, and I'm going to allow you to speak when I want to allow you to speak. I withdraw my remarks. I appreciate it very much. We'll go to a break in a moment, and then we'll pick it up on the other side. 
Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. A safe after November 8th, the battle for the ballot. It's Anthony Weiner versus Andrew Giuliani. All right, I straightened both of them out. Everything's fine. <laughs> Just kidding. Listen, all right, I do have to remember that these guys are representing their candidates and uh, let them uh, And by the way, Greg, don't it. misinterpret this. There are a lot of things in the in the Kathy Hochul record I might have done differently as being a New York City outer borough politician. Maybe Andrew would have done things differently from Lee Zeldin. We're doing our best to kind of make our case for our team here. And uh, No, it's so. all good. It's all good. But let me uh, – with that in mind, I remember Kathy Hochul during Black Lives Matter, during well, while, while there was rioting all over the place. Um, do you remember what she said? Do you remember anything? She was lieutenant governor at the time. Do you remember anything that she did during that time? I don't remember her standing up, but I don't, rem- I don't remember her statements at the time. I do. I, I, I don't remember. To be honest with you, hand to a to a Bible, I might not have been able to name the lieutenant governor in the last twenty years. <laughs> so I, I doubt very much I was following what she was saying. Well, well two of the last three have become governor, so it's that's prob- a good point. We probably good should point. have a debate between the two of them. That's a good point. She said, "It's my job to listen." It's my job right now to sit down and listen. Do you honestly just do you think she's a leader? Look, I, I think that she has grown. In, I think the cloak of leadership makes you a leader. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think no one demonstrated that more than Andrew's dad in a moment that we really needed. I disagreed with him on hundreds of things. Leadership ha- had its moment. I don't happen to think that Lee Zeldin rose to that moment when he had a chance to vote to certify the election. And he didn't do it. And he said, now, I want to make it clear that if you say I'm going to throw out three states, you're effectively throwing out your own constituents' votes, too, because it would have thrown the entire election up in the air. That was irresponsible. He's never fully explained it to me. And in the last debate, he did something even more outrageous. He said, oh, it wasn't. I didn't really mean to do it. He sent a he sent an email, which everyone said it was a smoking gun that he knew that something well, was let, wrong. All right, let's let, 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 no, 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 no. I want to bring I'm going to bring in Andrew. I'm going to bring in Andrew. You've already mentioned that. he Look, he voted, Greg, to, me, not, he voted to not certify the election. And my understanding is under the Electoral Count Act of 1887, Andrew, that he had that authority, that what he did was lawful that day. Well, yeah, it was. And I would look at it this way, though. This is exactly what Kathy Ockel's based her campaign off of. Kathy Ockel is based off her campaign off of this issue right here. When and Anthony before, before we went to break, quoted that 28 percent of New Yorkers say that crime is the top issue. Another 20 percent say the economy is the top issue. I think this is an issue that falls in six or seven in that same poll. I forget exactly what it is, but it's in the low single digits. Uh, Kathy Ockel has decided to make this the boogeyman, as she said uh, she's fear-mongered that Lee Zeldin is this guy who does not believe in democracy. I think he had very real reasons for doing it. He said that during the debate, and, and I think he's uh, – Well, actually, I accept actually what he said I, the, the point I was about to make was that he, he was found to have sent an email to the chief of staff mm-hmm. of, the, uh, of the president. In saying, early December. What, yeah, saying what, here's what you, should, you should lay out any arguments that you have. Mm-hmm. And everyone thought it's a smoking gun. He, no, I actually think that was a reasonable advice to give to the president. Yeah. Obviously, it never came because there was never any real – there was never anything that was found. 68-some-odd court cases, 116 charges, not a single one of them stuck. But he still voted to throw out the votes of three states. And I just want to tell you why I, blew, I do believe it's a question of values that New Yorkers should be worried about. That, combined with firing an elected official that he disagrees with, combined with declaring a state of emergency because he thinks it's politically expedient, these types of things show a character flaw. Showing someone that doesn't have a full respect 
for his constituents, doesn't have a full respect for the rule of law. This moment of time, this we can all say, here's things that we care about on crime, about the economy, whatever it is. This, I, to me, shows a character flaw. Right, well, I think I, 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 you've I established just, that. I got a character flaw. Go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, no, I would disagree because I think he saw what happened with the state legislatures and how laws were basically changed under the guise of COVID. And I think he had very legitimate, I think he had very legitimate reasons to do okay, what he let did. Me, let, me ask, have a, let me, let me and ask you a question have, about that. Have, but here's the thing. I really think we should be focusing more no, on I know. crime and the economy because that's what New Yorkers are caring about. I know, Andrew. About. I got to jump in here. I want to pick up. Sorry, gentlemen. I want to pick up on this electoral thing January 6th. When you were in Congress, Anthony, Democrats, um, I think in 2000, uh, when did you get to Congress? 2000, I got, right? I, I got in 99. 99. So when you were in Congress, the Democratic of the Black Congressional Caucus, about 17 of them individually stood up and objected on the January 6th of 2001 to that election. They couldn't get a senator to sign up. In 2004, I think Nancy Pelosi did it. They were following guidelines, rule of law. You are allowed to do these things. You say it's a character flaw in what Lee Zeldin did. Um, Character. Are you sure you... Are you sure you want to go down? You you really believe it's a character issue yeah. that you don't believe that people in America can have legitimate concerns about the fairness of the election, particularly in places like Pennsylvania, Wisconsin and Arizona. I think those are the three states. The Constitution was changed. We believe in violation of uh, state law. Sixty seven court cases threw those things out. Trump judges. Republican no, 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 no. I want to go back to that character, the character what, issue. You, you, you see, said here's character. Greg, 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 here's what's got to, I think it would be helpful. It's, it's your show. But if you ask me things and I get a chance to respond I, to I them. I want to would find you mind? You, I want to find You said character. Yes. So address I, the character. I, I've heard that a million times I'm, and it's I'm fall, get about to 67. It. I'm, I'm going to get to it. It's not wrong. These these are facts. The and and your and and your listeners can can go look this up. Every court case is out there. All the legislatures that did their own audits are out there. But here's why it's a character thing. When you say in private correspondence to the White House, we need to have legitimate, verifiable problems that you can document so I can justify my vote, and then he doesn't get them and does it anyway, and freely says, freely says he did it because he was going to run for, 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 for governor and wanted to get the support of the former president, that's character right there. Well, Fine, very good. standing very good. up when your party says no, not saying this is the easiest gotcha. thing. Just because I want to put this to bed because, obviously, this is something that we've had uh, a January 6th committee hearing on the throughout this entire last couple you gotta of years. you got to wrap up two right. seconds. Two seconds, basically. I think what Lee Zeldin was saying was the court case that happened in December and very early January – that there were things that fell through the loopholes between that, and that's ultimately what his concern Thank you. We'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Who's going to keep us safe after November 8th? The battle for the ballot. It's Anthony Weiner versus Andrew Giuliani. Well, this has been very useful so far. I realize that I will never... <laughs> moderated debate in my professional career. I, I hate it. I Greg, can't, I can't be neutral. You're doing a great job. I think no. you're doing fine. I, it's all no, good. This it's is all not good. A, uh, there's this nothing way, moderate about me. By the way, this is the way guys sit in Glendale and have an argument about stuff. This is the way they talk. And, so. and I have to tell you, Greg, people are impassioned right now about the issues that's going on in our state, and I think you're seeing it. I've been out there at early voting stops for Lee Zeldin, and I can see how many people are impassioned about saving our state yeah, at this moment. I don't want to be the Chris Wallace of the right, though, right? Remember <laughs> that guy? All right, so where the hell were we? Uh, Kathy Hochul, uh, Lee Zeldin. Um, to make the case on uh, inflation. What the hell can a governor do about inflation, Andrew? Well, I would say this. Kathy Hochul was standing yesterday with who? With Joe Biden. 
Joe Biden has been championing his Inflation Reduction Act, which he was saying about a year ago now that inflation was just transitory. We've seen that it's actually not been transitory. Why isn't Kathy Ockel actually using her leverage to go down to Washington and try to actually actually stop what has been a disaster for New Yorkers? Why aren't we actually looking at different ways to extract natural gas from the southern tier of New York, which actually, by the way, the Marcellus Shale, and Anthony knows this well, covers over 90% of New York. I should say over 80%, close to 90% of New York. There are real jobs, there's real energy opportunities here in New York that can help ease the economic burden on New York. As I mentioned before, New York leads the country in out-migration. That's not only because of crime. It's because there are better economic opportunities in other states. Now, inflation is more national, but again, I would say use your relationship with President President Biden, who signed the Inflation Reduction Act, I find that quite ironic because obviously it did not reduce inflation, and I don't expect it to reduce inflation over the next couple of years, but I'll settle at that. Congressman. Look, I mean, there were things in the Inflation Reduction Act that New Yorkers are going to benefit from, the ability to negotiate lower prices for prescription drugs the first time in history that that's been done, the prescription drug industry was defeated. Lee Zeldin voted no on that. You know, then there's the American Rescue Plan. You know, here's the, I, I wonder if you were in Congress how you would have voted on this. American Rescue Plan has $350 billion in it, grants for states to hire cops. Zeldin votes no. I mean, that's, yes, there has been some spending going on. Inflation is going on worldwide. Of all the industrialized nations, we have the lowest inflation. Infl- this is a bad time. After COVID, a war going on, there's a lot of reasons why, why there's inflation. And if you think that you want to vote against the guy that's got high inflation, by all means, vote against everyone who's in now because there's a lot of inflation. But what is government trying to do without any help from Lee Zeldin? Things like uh, make sure that insulin prices don't cut up, inflation. Make sure that that uh, baby formula crisis is solved by having more baby formula come online. Lee Zeldin voted no. Government sometimes tries to fix things. They don't always get it exactly right. Yes, it hasn't turned around inflation on a dime. But in terms of where, where we need it, when you have a bill on the floor, I don't care what your leadership says. If it says we're going to have hundreds of millions of dollars to go to New York City, Buffalo, and Syracuse to hire more cops, you vote yes. You know what I, I can't stand, excuse me, about that. politics is they cram a lot of stuff in these bills. And they have these little things in there that they try to make it. I don't think they're because these were grants and they were discretionary grants. This was not guaranteed money for the cops. Also, when it comes to cops, funding really wasn't the issue before Black Lives Matter summer. What we've done is we've delegitimized the police. We've stripped them of authority. The public, the uh, the government, uh, media abandoned cops like mid battle, it seems to me. And you got to, Andrew, my understanding is these huge bills, they are always cramming in stuff, and it's it becomes a political game. It's not, oh, you can use this vote against this person for just this kind of scenario. Well, that's exactly the point that I wanted to make before, which is the fact that I think Lee Zeldin, he's certainly made his explanation on these no votes on this, that he's looked and sees these bills are absolutely massive. And what they're actually doing from an American's perspective, uh, it, it unfortunately is is assisting inflation right now. And I think he's actually said that he would love to actually vote on stuff like this if these were one-off bills. But unfortunately, and, and I know that you've worked closely with Chuck Schumer throughout the years, this is something that Chuck Schumer is a master of, which is let's Build a massive bill and let's be able to actually be able to say, oh, they voted no on this and this. We can use this on Election Day uh, even and we and we can actually push this through. So that way we can make sure we can get the massive amount of spending that we want in all this. Be honest, Anthony, that happens, right? right? It, it's first of all, it's gone on for now. 
decades and decades. Yes, fewer and fewer bills are passing in Congress. Fewer and fewer appropriation bills are going freestanding. That's fine. Blaming it on Chuck Schumer is a little bit bizarre. But, look, that's fine, except when you're Lee Zeldin, go to his website right now. Look at how much he takes credit for that he voted no on. I mean, that's dishonest. That's just straight-up dishonest. And what about on September 22nd of this year when there were three just standalone cop bills? Grants for small towns, technology grants, and it was a third one. I can't remember the name of it. He didn't even show up to vote. I mean, it is fine. I Look, if you're a member of Congress and you want to get a promotion and you want to just hit the other person, that's all you want to do, this is a good time to do it. There's a lousy time in, in, in the economy right now, a lousy time. But if you have a chance to vote on these things straight up and down, September 22nd, all of your listeners can go look at the, the House record, September 22nd, three anti-cop bill, anti-crime bills, Zeldin doesn't even show up. Now, if, the, if you were still having a primary at that point, I'm sure you would have killed him on that stuff. The fact is, it's dishonest to say, I don't like the size of the bill, the shape of the bill. You do what's right. And what was right in the case of the American Rescue Plan was to vote for grants that came to our cities. The American Rescue, as a Republican, to vote for the American Rescue Plan was virtually impossible. given, given More than politics, it's policy. It's policy. It was offensive. It was offensively big. It was gargantuan. And this is the game. You say it's been going on for decades, which it has. And this is one of the many reasons if why you, so many people are turned off by politics. Hey, but, but, Greg, let me just say this. You want to run for office. If it's too hot, stay out of the kitchen. You're going to vote no on getting money for cops. You can't complain. We don't have enough cops. You know, I That's wonder about not how this works. Well, you actually, don't like the process. The process is the process. Forget about You're a big boy. We could have all the money in the world right now, Andrew, for cops. They're quitting. It's we can have we have we money. just swore in we, a new class. We. How many? 600? We just Do you know how many left? Did you read the New York Post this weekend? 9,000 have quit. By the way. 9,000. And, and, and let's, let's have a bill, a bill right now in, in Albany to, to try to get additional cops. I'm not against that. I'm no, just no, saying no. that there were opportunities, and I just named four of them, for Lee Zeldin to vote for no cops, for, for more cops. He didn't show up for three, voted no on Culturally, one. culturally, we have, the Democrats certainly have abandoned Joe Biden supported defund the cops. Yes, he did. Who created did. a cops program? The cops program. The cops program. See, this is what you guys that helped Commissioner you, you guys, Ray Kelly field more cops than any time in our city's history. The Safe Street Safe City program. If you want to go all the way back the cop, to the that, the federal federal government cops the, program. We these that's right, are Joe Biden, Senator Joe Biden, Senator Joe Biden. You guys feast on these votes. There's that's so what much we do when politics. we have campaigns. Exactly. You want to no, no, show no, no, what no, no, someone's no. record is. Yeah, that's the way it works. But pal. no, no, no. Achievement is different. That's why legislators usually make the crummiest, the crummiest governors and presidents. Legislators Look, stink. If you have a federal bill. Andrew, help me out here. Andrew, give me a favor. Let me get in here, though, right? I've spoken to dozens, probably hundreds of cops throughout the campaign trail. And certainly ever since Lee Zeldin became the Republican nominee on June 28th, uh, cops realize that there's one candidate that's out there that's ready to support them, and that's Lee Zeldin. And there's one, unfortunately, that's been throwing them under the bus, and that's Kathy Hochul. And we see it with the policies. I mean, it's, it, it is. It's just completely obvious who's actually in there and who's actually fighting up for our police officers' rights. And now I know you mentioned these bills, but again, I, I told you, this is actually the spin that, that really Washington does so well. They actually have bills like this that's full of pork, that's full of, you know, there's so much unnecessary spending in there that's not actually going to help our police. We need somebody and a leader in Albany who's going to get up and say, you know what, I'm protecting their qualified immunity. I'm going to actually declare a crime emergency, and I'm going to make sure I'm actually going to repeal cashless bail. And by the way, yes, 
I think Lee is very, very, very proud to say that on day one he would fire Alvin Bragg, which I think is a very important thing. Considering Alvin Bragg did say did say that he would not prosecute people for resisting arrest, even in the commission of uh, violent crimes. No, 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 no. That's not right. That, look he at said his memo. he would. No, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you what it said. He said he would not charge someone with resisting arrest if there was no underlying crime, which is an interesting point, Greg. Why would you ever charge someone with resisting arrest when there's no crime to arrest them for? That's what he was saying. No, it wasn't actually. Yes, he it said is. if he didn't Again, pull if he did not pull the trigger, if if a gun was shown but not fired, that that would not there, necessarily no, have to charge him with the attempted robbery. The resisting arrest. Okay, don't do you, change, do you, do you, you just change the subject think, for resisting do think, arrest. Do you think do you think Alvin Bragg is an effective public servant? I believe he was elected. I believe in democracy. How many people vote for I believe in democracy. Fine, that's great. And, we and believe I, in democracy. I, and I don't believe in people in Schenectady should be deciding who the who the district attorney is in New York County. I may not like him. I don't remember who I vote. How many, I live in New York okay, County. Okay, but how but many people? Me, no. How many people voted for him? I respect democracy. Do you, Greg? I respect democracy. Yes. I respect Someone gets my, elected. You're allowed to be a bad elected 85, official people, 85,000 people voted for Alvin Brown. That's, that's, that's In not, a city of 8 million. Okay. In a city of 8 million people, 85,000. That is not the So we're going to person overrule them? You know, if you ran for mayor, if you ran for mayor, yeah. and if you, if you ran under the old system, which was first and second place, if you don't get over 40, you have a runoff. I did. We understood that. And it's an up or down vote. Ranked choice voting, for both of you, by the way, is, I don't understand it. I do. I've had it explained to me a million times. I don't, I don't want it to be, I don't want to actually do me a favor. Don't because you are going to lose me. Nobody, you can't explain it to me. You can't explain it to the average voter. It precludes the, um, the runoff. And I think it's anti-democratic in the end because too much happens behind closed doors. I would just say that memo that that Alvin Bragg actually wrote to his assistant district attorneys on January 3rd, his second day in office. Uh, I would say that that was a dereliction of his duty. It's a bad idea. It was a bad idea. But I would also say that at that point he ended up. Uh, the Constitution that he swore to, the New York State Constitution, I-, I think he violated his constitutional oath right there. And so I think that's something that voters maybe did not necessarily know when they were voting I, I, for listen, him I am on totally, November 2nd. If, if we want to have a conversation a couple of years whether Bragg should get reelected, I'm not sure I would stand in for him. I'll mm-hmm. be honest with you. But that's not the issue. The issue is now what kind of governor would Lee Zeldin be if he says, I'm going to go into this county, the third most populous county, I think, and I'm going to say I'm going to substitute my judgment. I don't even live there. I'm just doing my judgment for all of you and throw it out. But he's it putting out. it on but the ballot. Do you know what it reminds me of? Does he have that? Do you know what it reminds me of? But he is putting it on the ballot. No, he does not have that. But Anthony, he is putting it on the ballot. He's not something he's doing. Hold on. Let me just finish my thought. I had a big finish. You know what that reminds me of? Throwing out the presidential vote. It's a consistent line with how he thinks about He's putting this on the ballot, though. He's being transparent about this. This is the first thing that he mentions in campaign What do you mean he's putting it on the ballot? He's putting. He's mentioning this really. I know. This is not something that he's saying after he's elected and doesn't have to be Wait, wait, wait. Let me When Andrew Cuomo publicly floated suspending Bill de Blasio, was he was he showing off? Did he have that authority or not? He didn't have that authority. Andrew? He did not have. Uh, we can get an Andrew Cuomo. At, at, I mean, I want to talk a little bit about Andrew Cuomo. Well, to be fair, I mean, well, we're, the answer is, is no. related. The answer is no. I I've not heard one that he does not have. He can't just decide another elected now. Now, one is a state elected official, and the other one is a municipal one. He doesn't have the right, but nor should he. That's not the country we live in. We here's how we do accountability at the polls. That's what we, he and I are debating well, now. That's why we he and I ran for office. We honor what the voters say. We might not like it. We might think they elect bums, but we 
honor it. This guy does not honor the votes of his own constituents. His own I constituents. Yes, right. New York right. State. Thank you, thank you. Lee Zeldin, by the way, tell us a little bit about where Lee Zeldin comes from, his background, what he's done with his life. Well, Lee Zeldin's been now serving for 19 years uh, in the Army Reserves. Uh, he's, uh, I believe, a, a captain, if I'm not mistaken, in the Army Reserves. Or Lieutenant, Colonel, Lieutenant, think, Lieutenant yeah. Colonel, Lieutenant Colonel. Uh, he's been in Congress now for six terms, five terms, and was uh, state senator before then. And I can tell you, look, Lee and I had a very heated primary. You saw that. I know you guys both saw that. Don't blame uh, but me. I, I voted for I've, Andrew. A lot I've, of bumper stickers <laughs> like that. <laughs> I've, I've known Lee now for probably about five or six years, and I could tell you that he is a tireless worker. He's somebody that for the last 18 months has been leaving everything out on the campaign trail. Uh, not like Kathy Oakle, who seems like have just woken up her campaign over the last couple of days by calling Joe Biden and, and Bill Clinton in. Um, and I think he's done enough to prove to New Yorkers what he would do starting on day one as governor. I think he's somebody that has put crime on the ballot. I think he's put mandates on the ballot. And I think he's somebody that actually would create jobs here in New York one. and not chase them to Florida. Anthony, tell us a little bit about Kathy Hochul, her background. Well, you know, there, there is this moment in our national civic life that we try to make everyone an extremist. Kathy Hochul was kind of a moderate voice. She was elected in the suburbs of Buffalo NRA, which she had an A rating from the NRA when she was representing that district, a very kind of moderate person. In fact, when she just negotiated this budget, it was her left that she was pushing off against. And I think she'd probably agree with some of the things that Lee Zeldin are saying about policing, about bail reform and other things if, if, if she did not have such a, a flank on her left. All that being said, she's a moderate, stable, solid person. I don't know her terribly well. I admire, I admire the service of, 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 of Lee Zeldin. I think that I honor anyone who, who, who goes into a life of service, who serves within, in, in, in our uniform, as I honor you for that reason and other reasons. Um, but I think that one thing that, that I've heard characterized is she's a captive to the left. Look, we are a fairly left-leaning state here, which is one of the reasons I think Voters, if they're undecided about who can get stuff done, you don't want someone who's hard right. You want someone who's maybe moderate left, like Kathy Hochul. But she's not moderate. She was moderate. Now she has actually been the most liberal governor of, I'd say, of our 57 governors in the history of New York State. There's nobody who's governed more liberally in her one and a quarter years in office than Kathy Hochul. You know, there is going to be, I mean, Lee Zeldin, he got, he's going to be, he's the same. I mean, he debated, he debated against you and listed six ways he would change New York State's abortion laws. And now that he's running statewide in a fairly progressive state, he's like, oh, change my mind. I'm totally cool with the abortion laws the way they are. Yes, there's a certain amount of moderation. I have air quotes here on the radio that goes on. But I don't believe that Kathy Hochul, in her kishkas, as we say in the neighborhood, is this fringe person. That's not my sense of her, and I don't believe that she is. Lee Zeldin, on the other hand, I really do believe he was one of the Trump. He says it. He was one of the Trumpiest Trumpers in Cong in Congress. I don't think that New York State residents want that. You know what? Upstate, they sure do. And this guy sure does right here. Do me a favor. <laughs> You're both terrific. Uh, quick break. We'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Who's going to keep us safe after November 8th? The battle for the ballot. It's Anthony Weiner versus Andrew Giuliani. All right, listen, we talked this election to death. Uh, I am actually curious about you two gentlemen. Let's vote it to death tomorrow. If you don't mind, yes. We all got to get out there and vote. We, we agree with that. Uh, I am curious about the two of you in your future. You're both, um, you're both gifted. You both are in different ways. Um, what is in store for you politically, Andrew? It's a good question. I would say more than anything right now, I'm focused on the next 30 hours because I think about, and Greg, you have two young daughters. Um, 
I think about my 11-month-old Grace. And when we can talk about all the issues, we talk about crime, we talk about the economy, we talk about mandates. Kathy Ockel saying that she, at this point, would not institute COVID mandates. Lee Zeldin saying that she would nev- he would never institute COVID mandates. And I realize that a future for New York and for my Grace depends on four years of Lee Zeldin as governor. I just don't think that Kathy Hochul in four years will be beneficial for the state of New York. We will continue the out-migration right. here. Fair uh, enough. Where, where I end up, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I, think, I, I think I think if Zeldin gets elected, Andrew should be in his cabinet. I mean, it's really tough getting elected as a, Demo- as what a Republican. What job? What job? I mean, I, look, I, I have become – look, I, I didn't know Andrew. I actually met him when he was quite young. I don't want to date myself or or him. Um, I, I think that working, the combination of working for Trump, being a Republican makes it hard in New York State. We're a very left state. We're going to find out tomorrow, to be honest with you, whether that's changed any. I don't think that it, that it has. But I think that there is a place in public life for people who take the chance, go out, run in these races, state their positions on things, can articulate them. We have so much cynicism right now in politics, so much sensibility that things are not on the level that Someone like Andrew, I think, can really contribute to the conversation. I think I think I do believe I'm a fairly centrist guy. I probably if I ran today, unlike when I ran for Congress in the past, I would probably be considered I would probably get a primary to my left. Frankly, mm. you know, even though I'm someone who believes in single payer health care because and I represent a fairly conservative district in places like Glendale and the Rockways and everything else. I think politics has changed for the worse in many ways that we are unable to have conversations like this. And I think Andrew showed showed it was possible in that Republican in Republican debate and as he's advocated for his for his candidate of choice here. But it's really hard being a Republican in this town, which is why, to, for one thing, that Zeldin's doing that's helpful is it's making Republicans feel that it's possible. It's getting them involved again. And I think that's ultimately a good thing. I don't want them to win and I don't think that they will. But any time people are getting active in politics, and I'll tell you one other thing. And there's an unpopular position in my party. We have all these close races around the state right now because a. A troublemaking judge upstate drew the districts instead of legislators. I think a bunch of close races is better than a bunch of races that are all Republican or all Democrat. We have a state of Wisconsin right now that has 65 percent of the voters cast their votes for Democrat. I'm sorry, 45 percent cast their votes for Republicans, yet they represent 67 percent of the legislature. That kind of gerrymandering isn't helpful. I think we're getting to a place now where tomorrow we may see the vote. And the number of seats that the candidates hold is going to turn out to be exactly the same, which is where democracy should be. All right. So I got to say a couple of things. Number one, uh, look, everybody's had difficulties in life. But, um, Anthony, I think you would have made a very good mayor. I think you would have been a great mayor. And, and, uh, Andrew, I, I'm, I'm absolutely kind of tickled about thinking what could be in your future. You, you got a couple of, it's a challenging spot for you. You know what I mean? You are a political natural. You learn so much from your dad. Um, I wonder what the path is ahead, and uh, I think it's going to be a great one. you got to give me a little bit more than we'll see. Is there anything <laughs> anything you're thinking about? Like, Would you work for Lee Zeldin? My wife is threatening that if Kathy Hochul gets elected governor on November 9th, we're going to be moving down to Florida. So let's make sure we get Lee Zeldin elected on November 8th, right. so that way we can stay in New York See, over that's here. professional political talk, look, Greg, That's yes, the way I my, so my wife But my, don't do too wife. much of the professional politics know, stuff because you, know. you've mastered that because you've got to throw some Trump authenticity in there as well. <laughs> All well, right. We'll probably hear from him on November 9th or a little afterwards. Anthony, when is your show on? Uh, my show is called The Middle. It's on from 2 to 3 on Saturdays. I have a podcast called The Middle Unplugged. Um, I'm also going to be coming on doing some election night coverage. I think so is so is Andrew. 
I'm going to be on, I think, on uh, the other side of midnight, also on early Wednesday morning, talking about some of this stuff. Um, listen, I'm, I'm happy to be doing this, because this right. is just the right amount of politics for me right now. Gentlemen, thank you. Greg, thank you for having me. Everybody vote. We'll see you later. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.